meeting my buddies out on the lake. We're headed out to a special place. We Hello again, everyone, and welcome to episode 92 of Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three different generations, three red-hot takes. On the pod line is Matt Burns of ESPN in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Jared Fattel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids. I'm Ted Fattel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Our partners include Main Street Pizza with locations throughout mid-Michigan, The Corona Connection, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Sheridan Auction Service, Card Service Michiana, and Promex Engineering. Our Sportsnet Michigan Radio Network syndication teammates include Sports Radio Detroit and WJSZ. If you like what you hear, help us continue to grow. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, and all the other great podcast hosting sites. You can also follow us and hit us up with your comments and questions on social media at 3 Point Pod. And man, we have a jam-packed show for you tonight. We're going to get it rolling right after these important messages. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. 85, 90, 95, 100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan. All right, so this weekend, as you guys know, I was in uh, downtown Ann Arbor, and believe it or not, I was on my feet watching the end of the Astros-Yankees baseball game. Oh, man. But not because I was just drawn into how great of a game it was, but because of the bar we went to. For some odd reason, don't ask me why. I don't know if it's transplant Yankee fans or if it's bandwagon Yankee fans, but these were just your stereotypical Yankee fans in this bar, standing, cheering for every single play that the Yankees made. In Ann Arbor. In Ann Arbor. Oh, yeah. There's a ton of people from New York go to Michigan. So when we walked into this bar, and, you know, you have a few beers in you, so a little bit of uh, liquid co- liquid courage or confidence, whatever you want to call it. And I'm there with uh, Cooper, and he's, you know, 300 pounds, six foot three. so I pretty much say whatever I want. He's your bodyguard. Yeah, exactly. And so I just decided I'm just going to become the biggest Astros fan in the world <laughs> just to spite these guys because they were just so obnoxious and you, it almost was like you, they were the center of attention for everybody in this bar. And little do you know, a few moments later, Jose Altuve steps up to the plate and just rockets one into a center field home run. These guys, they don't say another word. They literally book it out of the bar. And I just, for once in my life, baseball was awesome. You know, and that is – you're right. I mean, you're you're flabbergasting me here, but it's kind of a neat deal when you're in playoff baseball. You're in the bar. I mean, baseball's a perfect big screen thing yeah. for in the bar because you don't need to listen to play by play. You can see what's mm-hmm. going on, right? And an electric moment like Altuve, all five foot five of him hitting a walk off homer after the Yankees. What didn't they tie it in the ninth with a two run homer? Yeah. And that was what, and because we walked in right as that happened. So that's what kind of, all right, guys, like it's time to settle down a little bit. <laughs> so they just immediately left, huh? Not a word. As soon It was like because I turned to kind of yell in their face, and they were gone. It was like you saw, you, I saw a ghost because they, were, they, had, they cooked it so fast out of that bar. But I tell you what, that kind of got me intrigued a little bit in the MLB baseball. Now, have I watched a baseball game since Sunday? Has there even been a baseball game played since Sunday? I don't know. No, there hasn't. Tonight, but, we're recording on Tuesday night. The World Series starts tonight. Wow. So I will be definitely uh, – I'm not going to lie. Actually, I'm probably not going to pay attention to the rest of it. But, hey, for once, you guys, I just felt you guys would maybe appreciate that as our baseball fans. Ted, probably you especially. Oh, yeah. 
It's not completely dead with the with the young guns. That's awesome, and you know the World Series. I, I it's still must see must see TV for me. I'm going to be watching it when I get home tonight. I mean, the Astros, Nationals. First time Washington's been in a World Series. Not the same franchise, but the first time Washington's been there since I think '34. Uh, you know, you got the intriguing matchup, even though they're not going head to head. Scherzer and Verlander. You know, it's going to be awesome. I'm so sick. Every day you get on Twitter, there's a new. The Lions roster in 2013, uh, the new ones, it's like, what is it, Annabelle Sanchez, Scherzer, and Verlander yeah, all, all holding. Yeah, yeah, all posing. Like, these guys are all pitching the World Series right now. It's like we get that joke. Why does it recirculate basically every single year since 2013 that picture is recirculated? Well, I mean, this is the first time they've all been in the World Series. But it's a new thing, like, every year. It's, it's, it, now it's the World Series angle. Next year it'll be, oh, these guys are all all-stars or last year these guys Justin Verlander's you know the best pitcher in the game Max Scherzer won the Cy Young a couple years ago there's a new angle that they take every year to just put these pictures in our face well it just digs deeper because you know let's face it they were all key members of the Tigers and the Tigers let them slip away just think if if they wouldn't have given all that money to Cabrera which at the time is hard to argue it but I still can't believe they couldn't figure out a way to keep Scherzer on that staff I mean to see the talent that they did have and never won the World Series made two World Series appearances but didn't get the hardware it just it still hurts when you see these guys performing at the top level and you know they're making the big bucks they they've earned it but they're they're stepping up and they're in the limelight now in the World Series. I mean it's just I get what you mean about getting bam, bombarded on Twitter. It's funny. But. It seems they didn't really seem to be that dominant. Like you would have thought that that Tigers team would have won 100 and you know 10 games with Price, Scherzer, Sanchez Verlander, it, it, like you would think that they wouldn't give up any runs, but that it didn't seem to be that way when it was going on. And a lot of people think a lot of that had to do with uh, uh, the manager, Jim Leland. I'm not so sure about that, but, I mean, he got a lot of grief for the way he handled the pitching staff, the way he ran the team. I mean, talent-wise, you, you can't deny they were probably the top one or two teams in baseball. I mean, they were the heavy favorites when they took on the Cardinals and got bombed out, and then they, when they played the Giants, same kind of thing. And there's something to be said for uh, the Astros have been – or no, the Nationals clinched early, right? So they've been waiting around, I think, for like eight days, and it's kind of the same situation the Tigers were in. And usually teams that have to wait the longest – don't usually win the World yeah. Series, you know. So we'll see what happens. This is going to be a lot of fun. Before we move on to talk some football, little few highlights you can give us from the weekend, other than um, your bar appearance rooting on the Astros. It was a good weekend. Uh, we started. So my buddy goes to Eastern Michigan, and he's a Eastern Michigan football manager, and mm -hmm. so he's just he's dying to have us go to this game, go to the factory to watch Eastern take on Western, which Western did lose to Eastern actually, so they ended up winning. But he, we, just to throw him a bone, we went to the Eastern tailgate, and guys, I don't know how to describe it. There was maybe 15 people at this tailgate. Oh, my. <laughs> it, it, looked like, it looked like one of your parties. That's honestly what it looked like. <laughs> and that's not a diss, right? That's it's not, not a, a diss. diss. To the that's, that was, that was amount, the amount of people that were there. And you just, we were there. We did a quick lap in about <laughs> 10 minutes, and then we called the – it was a classic call the Uber. The Uber had not picked up another ride yet, so the same exact Uber gave us a ride back. <laughs> and then so we ended up going. So during the Michigan game, and we'll get into the Michigan game, we ended up watching it from a bar in downtown Ann Arbor called the Pretzel Bell. Matt's probably familiar with that. I've been there um, even. You've been there. So upstairs, this is the way we did it. Upstairs, the whole first uh, half, we watched it on the TVs up there, ate some food mm -hmm. uh, just with the guys, and then second half, you go down to the bar right. and watched it on and, and I said this the last time because it was Purdue versus Virginia. I don't know what it is about this TV, Ted. You need to, as somebody who's the tech guy who loves this TV, you need to check out this TV in this basement. Okay. I don't know. It's it's almost like Alien put it together, okay. how clear it is. It's oh. it's impossible to, I don't know how else to describe it. It's the clearest TV I've ever seen in my life. Is it a flat screen? or Flat is it screen. About, flat screen about probably 65 inches. Whoa. So just an awesome game. And didn't quite end the way we wanted it to. Uh, the Michigan game, obviously, so that kind of put a little bit of a damper on the night. Then we went to uh, the dance bar, Rick's. Is that something that was around when you were younger? Uh, it probably was, but I don't remember going to Rick's. The Rick's I remember going to was in East Lansing. What did you guys do? So a nightclub or something? Did, like Was it rock and roll playing? You're talking about in Lansing? Just when you were oh, in yeah. college. Yeah, it would be to, rock and I, roll? We went to bars. It was rock and roll. It was rock bands. You know, so was they, there even a thing of as a nightclub? Was that even invented? Wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, it was a nightclub, but it had live music. It didn't have DJs. Oh, okay. Well, how would you dance? 
you would dance to the live music. Like, like dance, like wedding dancing. So, like, <laughs> I don't know how to describe. Like, uh, I'm just curious how that would work. White man classic rock dancing. So, I guess like when is. you would dance with a girl, how would yeah. that look? Well, you they it depend if it was a slow song, you'd dance slow. If you dance fast, you know you'd like a wedding dance kind of. I guess I guess that's a way to put it. Sure. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that's not the way that it is. You at guys this all grind club. and all that. Yeah, stuff. that's is that what it's called. Yeah, that's quote. Yeah, that's what it's called. So a lot of grinding uh, went on, and then went across the street from Rick's Pizza House. Just awesome pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, took the Uber back to Ypsilanti and called it a night. Did not fall asleep until about uh, five a.m. There there may or may not have been like fifteen guys at this place, and so it's like trying to fall asleep was basically impossible. So that's the that's the bullet points of the weekend. It wasn't. There wasn't like the one story that was like, "Wow, I can't believe that happened." Just a all around good time. It's not like the story where you went camping or whatever, and the cops showed up at your campsite or whatever. Yeah, kicked me out of the county. That, yeah. that story. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it was a good time. Glad to see you made it safe and sound. That's always the the concern for us older generation uncles and parents. But it was a good time, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to talk some Michigan football before we do. Just a reminder: Advanced Elevator Company features top expert field techs. For installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators, an area business leader and longtime supporter of the Corona Public Schools, and a proud partner of Three Point Podcast this week, Advanced Elevator salutes the Cavalier volleyball team looking for another deep tournament run. And speaking of Corona, the CoronaConnection.com knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. Well, you saw the first half of the Michigan game at the bar. Right, so you were yeah. you were tuned in okay. You were watching what was going on. A bad start. I mean, I was getting pretty frustrated. I tweeted out a couple things at that point. Twenty-one to nothing. They're not playing well. Very first play of the game, the crowd, the whiteout forced Michigan to call a timeout before any time left the clock, and things were looking mighty dire. But I have to give them some credit. They made a nice comeback. They just couldn't quite get it done, but. Uh, Tough loss for the Wolverines there in that situation. How about you, Matt? Were you working? Were you able to tune in? Yeah, yeah. I, I watched the whole game. Uh, I guess the yeah similar reaction that you guys had. A, you know, kind of a disappointing start, but I mean they battled back. They didn't lay down like they did against Wisconsin. So I mean I, I know a lot of people are disappointed that a game that Harbaugh hasn't won the whole time he's been at Michigan. But I don't. I they, they showed me some stuff. I mean I've been saying for a while that the offense has shown me that. There is talent there. There, There is a possibility for them to turn it on offensively, and, and they showed some stuff in the second half. So I'm not totally mad about it. Well, I'll tell you, it was a lot of media and a lot of stuff about the, the dropped pass at the end, and uh, you know, it was just an unfortunate situation. The thing that is bothering me about that, mm-hmm. and hand up, I did tweet, From and this, jo- this joke is kind of – it's kind of been played out. That was kind of what I was – like I said, probably 12 beers deep at this point, that I wanted Ronnie Bell's head. Honestly. And <laughs> after I saw him crying, I kind of regretted it a little bit. But other than that, that's the only negative tweet I have seen about Ronnie Bell. And it seems like everyone is saying that everyone needs to, like, shut up about how oh, no one's really, like, well, he coming got, after him. No, they did early. I mean, right away, there was uh, some Michigan student sent him an email to his email account saying how, what a dog he was. <laughs> I something. mean, there, there was some bad stuff said immediately, but I think wiser heads prevailed just like you said. You see the poor kid crying on the sidelines or in the middle of the field. you got to have some compassion. These kids don't get paid. I think coaches are fair game. I think, you know, we all saw it. I mean, it's national TV. He had it in his hands. It just didn't get it done. He feels worse than anybody in the world right now, and he's he was a big contributor in that game. He was a big reason why they were in position to win that game. So I'm just I'm just <laughs> the, saying. the thing that the thing is yes, it was said. I guess right off the bat, I didn't see what. What do you mean? This is what I mean. It's it's like the outrage. People saying that everyone's calling like saying that Ronnie Bell like sending. There's one kid. Okay. Okay, there's that one kid. I, mean, I which, can't give you a bunch. I can't give you a bunch of examples. But so. you would think that it's the only thing. Pe- me personally, I've not read one single. It hasn't showed up on my account. Now people probably are sending them to him. Right. But you would think that it's they got to be there, don't they? I mean, you see people like Clat and Herb Street reacting on Twitter about people that you know were dogging on him. There must it must be out there. I would have to have to think. Yeah. What what what? Do you have any inside, Matt? I mean, nothing inside. I, there, there's definitely a lot of tweets out there that were attacking him right after the game. Yeah, there, there are quite a few. And, you know, it, like you guys said, he, he was one of the main reasons that Michigan was even in the game. And 
I don't know. I, I've always thought it's weird when, when people hop on Twitter or whatever it is and criticize these players or whether it comes to recruiting or whatever when they make a decision to transfer, you know, whatever. But, yeah, I, yeah, I, he should have caught the ball. He knows that. Everyone else knows that. You don't need to hop on Twitter and, and take shots at him. Yeah, I'm, so I did a little bit of research. I'm currently looking at a gif of a kid trying to catch a ball and it's going through his uh, hands That's with the comment example. Ronnie Bell. So yeah. it, they are out there. I I mean, but it's also it's when you go to Michigan, you kind of put yourself up to. I mean, that's the thing. When, when you make that catch, you're, he would, he'd be the king of campus right now if he makes that catch. And I know that he feels bad, but I guess it's just kind of you get the, when you go to a place like Michigan, you play Division One college football. You're gonna, that's kind of what you run into when you make a mistake. You're gonna get blasted for it, and when you score the game winning touchdown, you're gonna be the you're gonna yeah. be remembered forever. Well, and you haven't heard much from Bell. I mean, it's more of the team mentality. I mean, everybody everybody that I've read quotes from that are on the team, they got his back. Yeah. You know, they had his back immediately. I mean, you could see it on the sideline when he came over there. I mean, it was it was a critical drop without a doubt. It cost them a chance to win the game. But hey, that's why you play the games and those mistakes do happen. I had a I got a comment I want to bring up. I don't remember if I brought it up before. We've we've talked about, you know, Harbaugh and his contract and Harbaugh you know, maybe not where they need to be after five years, but I am really, I don't know if it's maybe my team mentality that I have, but I'm really sick of the national people getting on Harbaugh, you know, and, and he's he, he's a little weird, but he's a Michigan guy. He's our guy, and I say let's ride it out. I, I'm all in for Jim Harbaugh. Is he, though? I mean, I don't no, know. No, because of that is the thing. I hate it when Michigan fans were like, this This is a must-win game for Harbaugh or we right. need him out. Right. I don't know how you can watch that game and say we need Harbaugh out. Absolutely right. I mean, you got to give him credit for rallying the troops, and they stuck with it, and they they made a hell of a comeback. They quieted that crowd, and that game was right there for the taking, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know, but that is that seems to be the storyline, and I hate it too. Yeah, because it, we we talk. We I mean, I feel like we're gonna have all off season to talk about is who who would we even replace Harbaugh with? Well, that's part of the key right there, <laughs> and, and I think he's gonna get it turned around. Let me let me just throw this in. I know Matt's gonna want to get a comment in here too, but you know we always <laughs> like to encourage people to hit us up at our Twitter account, which is at Three Point Pod. I got this from at Tom Lauren. This is really interesting. This is kind of stuff that Matt usually comes to the table with. He says, Jim Harbaugh's lack of road wins is media fodder right now. He's 0-5 against the top 10 on the road. So I decided to see what other coaches were doing in road games versus the top 10. James Franklin, 0-6. Brian Kelly, 2-6, lost last five. Paul Christ, 1-4. Here's the only exception. Urban Meyer, 2-0. Kirby Smart, 0-1. Dabo Sweeney, 0-0. Alabama, 4-1. Now, how can Clemson and Georgia have one top-10 road game combined in the last five seasons? He says it would be nice to see Harbaugh get one, and I understand why everybody has frustration with him. The media surely seems to have an axe to grind with him because you never see these other coaches' stats. For instance, Brian Kelly is 2-11 on the road against the top 25 in the last six years. But besides Bama, no team consistently beats top 10 teams on the road. Hell, many teams don't even schedule them. I thought that was a great response right there. And, you know, some pretty good facts that you don't hear about every day. All you hear about is Harbaugh's failures, but you don't hear about these others. The thing is, it's Alabama's going against LSU. I mean, Clemson's winning national titles. Notre Dame is playing Georgia on the road. Michigan's going, like, and Penn State is an okay team. We basically made Sean Clifford look like Tom Brady against us mm-hmm. is my problem. Is James Franklin, I haven't really been sold on Penn State and James Franklin, and when you lose to them, it just feels a little bit different than Notre Dame going into Georgia and losing basically the same way that Michigan lost, which is by one score. So yeah. I, I don't know how you – I just don't – I don't know how you can say that about – So so where so are you at with same. Michigan right now? I mean, are you, are you at the garbage stage, or are you at what we've talked about on past podcasts that – this is, uh, you know, maybe eight, nine, ten win school football yeah. program. Maybe get a sniff at a national championship every fifteen years. Who knows? <laughs> but would, wouldn't I mean, it's we been be a while since we've had a sniff of one? Would we but. be okay though with a Big Ten championship maybe every five years and uh, be knocking on the door in that entire time and be consistently competitive? You know, like yeah. I said, with at least eight wins a season. I think most Michigan fans would be. Yeah, I mean, especially with what we had the last. 
basically 20 years. Right. Yeah, you, that's that's what we should be, and we're not. And, and I don't even know if that – if Jim Harbaugh can't do it, like I said, the guy who basically was the savior when he came in, then I don't know who can. And I don't know who would take this job knowing that that's basically what you're going into is where the expectations are – Sky high. When really, I don't know if they should be. Right. We've never really been that program. Even with Bo Schembechler, we won what two national titles with one, net, not even one. Yeah, but uh, so I don't know why we we have that. It's very similar, very similar to what Harbaugh is doing. Very similar, you know. I mean, Bo had a big reputation of not being able to win the big game other than Ohio State. He couldn't back in those days. Bowl games were huge. You know, you didn't have the national championship mm-hmm. thing, so you went out to the Rose Bowl and Bo. It took a long time before he won one of those games. And and I think if you look at the careers, Bo and Harbaugh, the way they act, I mean, they're very similar. Now, Matt, I know you have more thoughts. I know you've, we've brought up the fact about the 8, 9, 10 wins a season. But uh, after that Penn State game, you know, where, where are you looking at this Michigan program? I mean, same place I was before. I, I don't put all the eggs into one game, like all the basket or one game. I mean, it would have been cool to win that. But – you know, Harbaugh wins basically 75% of his games. It'd be cool to win some of these road games. That, those stats you were calling out, I mean, those those are just talking about true road games. Some of those other teams, they've won games at neutral sites against top 10 teams. So right. Those stats are a little misleading. But, I mean, the, the, the numbers are still there. Going into Georgia and losing, I mean, Georgia just lost to South Carolina. So, Georgia isn't – they're not Alabama or Clemson. So, I mean, that, that's still a, a big loss. But, I mean – Penn State right now is a top 10 team, so they're looking pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest question is always who are you going to replace Harbaugh with, and no one ever has an answer. So, And it's like the thing that hurts the most about losing to Penn State is, I mean, where do we go from here at the end of this, like the rest of this year? I mean, what the, what the hell are we going to talk about going forward? Wow. And it's, I mean, you got Michigan, and it seems like, like guys like your age and my dad are saying, oh, like the Penn State, the Ohio State game at the end of the year, if we can upset them, and it's just – even if we do, I just I don't know why. Oh, I mean, be- like I guess my I guess my expectations I expect Big Ten championships, and it just seems like that's pretty much not possible. Well, there point. are two losses right now, right? One's to Wisconsin, right? Yes, who lost to Illinois this okay, year? Okay, so and how about that? I completely called the Wisconsin frauds. <laughs> well, they they yeah. How about that? Is right. <laughs> You don't think the, they were looking a li- little bit ahead I, I, to Ohio as much State? As, we, as much as we make fun of Michigan, they don't lose those type of games. With right. Harbaugh, they, they don't lose those games. Right. So, that at was, least we got that going for that us. Was, now, we the, might get blitzed by by 35 by Wisconsin, but. But you asked what Michigan's got to look forward to. I think the, the upcoming schedule looks pretty good. Notre Dame, Michigan State, and Ohio State. I think you you show up to those games, maybe win two out of three. I don't think it's a bad season, it's, and, and it's got to be a win over Ohio State. Now, can they do that? Whew, I don't know. I mean, they're number one in the nation. They were number one in the nation in 1969. Nobody gave Michigan a chance to beat Ohio State then, so it can happen. It'd be, it'd be incredible if that happened, man. That would make my holiday season. <laughs> I wouldn't need another Christmas present at all if Michigan beat Ohio State. That's do, how good it would be. Do you ask for Christmas presents? No. Do you get At Christmas presents? Yeah, I get a Christmas present or two. Like, yeah. what's your? What's I'm on your always, wish list? I'm always asked what I want, you know, and I say I don't like shopping, so get me some clothes, you know, get me a nice shirt, whatever. Yeah, I mean, now tell me if I'm crazy, but this line makes no sense. Michigan favored by three, right, against Notre Dame. I, that just makes like what? I just feel like Notre Dame should be favored by like seven in this but i don't know At that's one vegas. of those things where it's like what does vegas know that i don't know well i'll tell you one thing they know they saw the game they saw michigan come back they saw that they're a quality team and coming off a loss and notre dame's had a week off you sometimes that doesn't work to your advantage i don't know vegas they seem to know what's going on i expect michigan to show up and play very well against notre dame and you know we'll see what happens but i think i think michigan's going to win that game but they got to play a good game you know they gotta they gotta clear up some of the mistakes they keep making. I mean that's the part that just it's just baffling to me though. Still, you know, giving up a hundred yard kickoff return. Fortunately, it got called back, and then giving up that long TD pass that ultimately cost them the game. You know that's that's the thing with 
Dr. Blitz's defense. They're very aggressive, very tough, but they do tend to give up a it's big It's funny play. how Penn State just keeps having these guys like K.J. Hamler mm-hmm. and Out of Michigan, Saquon, by the way. who are just game breakers. Right. Where Michigan, we just never have these guys. Well, we don't this year, do we? We just don't have that guy that's a game breaker. But how about how about our running back, Charbonnet? You he actually had a good game. Yeah. yeah, I'll give him some props. He actually played well. I would have liked it, and this is my one critique of Arba. Honestly, I would have liked to have seen them run, try running the ball more. Yeah, I mean he's averaging five five yards a carry, and only I mean he only carried the ball fifteen times. Believe it or not, Zach Charbonnet should have gotten the gotten the ball more. He played well, and he is like we've said before a true freshman. So he's I think he's going to do nothing but get better for sure. Well, let's get some Sparty talk here coming up in just a second. I just want to tell people you know we all do like a great deal, right? Well, let's go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for info on upcoming auctions. The auction house is packed. With all kinds of great items, stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com and sign up for email notifications. Call Troy Crow at 989-720-SELL for other details. And if you're looking for some fun, stop in to Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. Weekends are really hot as you can cheer on the Spartans, Wolverines, and Lions. And don't forget the first of the month parties coming up. $5 burgers and chicken sandwich baskets and bottled beer for a buck. Awesome food and drink. Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona. All right, next up here, we're going to have a little Spartan talk. We have our Spartan insider, Joe Janka, joining us here for this portion of the podcast. And Spartan's coming off a bye week in football. Let's start in football first. Uh, Joe, it's been a while since we chatted with you, but uh, there's been a lot of crazy stuff going on in East Lansing, especially after that last loss. Uh, break it down for us a little bit. What are some of your thoughts? <laughs> um, well, I think it was uh, the ideal week uh, for a bye, obviously, uh, for Michigan State. Um, coming from, a, you know, a long run, especially with Mark D'Antonio of uh, surprising people and at least playing tough in big games, I think it was consecutive weeks of, and, and especially from a defensive standpoint, which was surprising to me, where Michigan State just uh, completely laid an egg. And I, it's, it's tough for me because I think they've slowly been getting to this point, but it's They've just shown uh, consistent, or at least the last two weeks, two games where it's they just didn't come to play, and it's it's really unfortunate because I, I think they were supposed to or should have the defense that could compete um, with some of these better teams in the Big Ten, but obviously they don't. Let's get to the elephant in the room, or the, the elephant in the press conference. You know, the big comment that stirred up a lot of uh, controversy, but most Spartan fans, most most uh, football fans realize that D'Antonio rolled the dice, as we like to say. He just kind of shifted around uh, some seats on the Titanic. Uh, your thoughts on, you know, just shifting the uh, staff around, and he finally got called on the table the last uh, press conference. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. Um, you know, with obviously, obviously everybody uh, – criticizing his decision, which most people were criticizing it before the season started. Yep. Uh, I, I will admit I, I'm one of those as well. Um, it's just uh, reshifting the tables or um, resetting the deck, and, you know, he, he was trying something different, and I had hope. And I do think there there is some positives offensively. That I, I do think they've improved a bit off last year offensively, but it's obviously not enough, and I'll keep saying this: if he's if he's unwilling to make the changes or get uh, an offensive mind, an elite offensive mind in that building, I don't think that they're going to be able to compete with the Ohio State, Clemson's, Alabama's of the world. And that's what I ultimately want to hold my program, the standard I want to hold my program to. And if he's not willing to make the changes, I, I don't know what we'll do, but we might have to move on from Mark. Players are leaving this program left and right. Is this Antonio's last season? Is he getting fired? He's not getting fired. It might be his last season due to retirement, and all the players that are leaving are leaving due to wink, wink retirement. <laughs> no. Well, he definitely will have to work out a deal with the administrators because he's not going to walk away from four million plus. <laughs> right. Well, and also too, if you think Bill Beekman, the man who was handpicked by D'Antonio and Izzo, is going to come in a year and a half later and fire him, <laughs> I highly, 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 highly doubt that. So why are these players leaving then? Because they're not playing. The five guys who transferred literally haven't played. <laughs> they're like bench guys. Maybe they should. I guess that's maybe. I mean, when you're when Wisconsin's, you're, when you're putting up a bagel against Wisconsin, maybe it's time for you to start bringing in some of these other running backs and players. Do you guys? You guys are all in the younger generation. What What do you think about this whole phenomenon? This transfer portal thing. I mean, 
Is this good for college football or not? I mean, it's ultimately uh, it's, it's very similar to just a capitalistic society, a metocracy. I mean, uh, people make fun of Jim Harbaugh for saying that, but if you're going to have an open market in the world, I think that you can have the same thing with college sports, and ideally that's going to bring the best product. So I, I candidly don't mind it. Um, coaches can leave at a, uh, at, a, at a whim and go get a new $4 million job and don't have to apologize to anybody, i.e. Nick Saban, 1999 Michigan State or 2000 Michigan State football. Coaches can do whatever they want. Why can't players? <laughs> so I, I don't necessarily mind it. And if guys in Michigan State's sake, five dudes who aren't playing right now, it's not like they're starting quarterback, dudes who aren't playing, they think they're going to get a better opportunity at a smaller school with more openings or more playing time, go for it. Doesn't yeah. bug me. I get that in a capitalistic thing, you know, but the, the, I guess it just bugs me being more old school. And I do understand some of these quarterbacks, you know, if they get beat out and they're possible NFL, you know, talent and they're going to sit the bench, I sort of can understand that. But I think you're seeing the trend now. Guys are sitting the bench, you know, they're second or third stringers, and they're saying, oh, you know, I'm not going to work hard. I'm going to just get in this transfer portal and go to Rutgers or go somewhere where I'm going to play all the time. And I, don't, I just don't know. I just I don't like it. I'm not 100% sure why, but it, it just gives I don't me a either. bad feeling. Especially as somebody who jumps ship from uh, <laughs> job to job and get off. station to station. Get I, I don't know. If, if I'm about should. as loyal as you can be. Uh, I, yeah. The, I don't know. I don't like the, how it's called everybody who – I like the transfer portal when it's in regards to quarterbacks. But now I've noticed that anyone who transfers is now in the transfer exactly. portal. Exactly. I don't like that term. Okay. I don't know – Okay. But I do. I like. I agree with uh, Joey. I don't know why. Why if coaches can leave whenever they want, and why if you like, it shouldn't be like a death warrant if you sign if you go and intend to play for a college. I mean, especially if you go to Michigan State where you're promised, you know, Big Ten titles and beating Michigan and playing competing with Ohio State, especially not losing to Wisconsin thirty eight to zero. Right. And when that falls through and you're still not playing, I have no problem with them leaving. Well, it'll be interesting to watch it all the next five or ten years how this all works out especially with the other topic as far as getting paid you know and and what's going to end up happening with Mm -hmm. that i mean i guess it's like anything else in the world of sports things do evolve and yeah some of us old gray beards just have to learn how to adjust with it you know it's a different era but on a do you think joe that uh you know here we are michigan state still has some some games to play and Potentially, they could be a seven-eight team, eight-win team. Do you see it going that way or going the other way? Yeah, I, I think this weekend will tell us a lot. Um, you know, if they come to play this weekend and you know at least give Penn State a game, that will just be a sign that they have fight left in them. If they come out and get smacked, I, 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 heck, they might not even make it to bowl eligible. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. I mean, you get. Illinois doesn't look like that's an easy game anymore. Maryland showed some hopes this, uh, at points this year. And honestly, the way the defense played their last two games, and yes, it was probably the two best teams they'll see on their schedule. I mean, they, they just didn't come to play. And I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I feel like their goal plan coming into the game uh, against Wisconsin was just to literally uh, uh, hold Jonathan Taylor, which they held him to 80 yards. He told me he had 80 yards at the start of the game. I thought we would have been into it. But it just seemed like every third and short or fourth and short, they were completing a short pass, and we just couldn't get off the field. And that that's not typical of a Michigan State defense. They're usually one of the best in the country at getting off the field on the, third down. It was, it was just a weird game. That's the thing. You promised me. I'm not sure if we talked about this on the show or if it was off show, where you told me that if this Michigan State offense was middle of the pack, and you've said they've improved, that Michigan State would have a, a legitimate shot to win the Big Ten title. And I'm looking at this defense. People are telling me all offseason this is an elite defense, you especially, and they are just horrible. I mean, Jack Cohn looked like, I, I don't even know, uh, Patrick Mahomes against Michigan State a couple weeks ago. What is going oh, on with this okay. defense? Hey, hey, hey. Horrible. They're still like the overall like 30th defense in the NCAA. So, yeah, maybe not elite. So, against the two elite offenses that they've seen this year, they didn't play necessarily well. I mean, they looked well the rest of the season. I guess Indiana, they didn't look as good. I mean, that's half the games, and you're sitting. I mean, at, at what point is it not anomalies? Is it just this defense isn't good? I want Michigan State fans to admit this defense is not good. <laughs> how about how about we'll leave my uh, predictions about Michigan State's defense up with your uh, what is it, Hunter Johnson for Heisman at Northwestern type? <laughs> literally the worst. Hey man, season's not over yet. <laughs> NCAA history. The, the, I think I saw that they're like 
completing 42% of passes. I don't know what yeah. the Wolves take, a elite defense being good or like a elite quarterback never even making it. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of talking out of my ass when they said I saw the guy, I saw that it was a transfer from Clemson. I'm like, wow, he's from Clemson. He must be, he must be pretty dang good. Uh, but no, yeah. yeah, he was pretty bad. Now on a, most, a more pleasant topic, Joe. Basketball season's getting ready to go. Michigan State ranked number one in the preseason poll for the first time, I think, ever. They got bad news today, though, with Langford going to be out at least six weeks or so. But uh, looks like Izzo's going to have himself a hell of a team over there. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Um, obviously, with the Langford news, I think it does dial down the hype a bit because he was probably going to be, other than maybe Cassius, but honestly, he was probably going to be our top scorer and really replace McQuaid in a lot of ways, who was really to that team last year that made a Final Four run. Um, obviously, some guys like Kyle Aarons or uh, Gabe Brown are going to have to step up in the meantime, but um, I watched that press conference today. Tom seemed pretty emotional, but honestly, six weeks, I think that'd be late. I, I would be surprised to see Langford at all this year from the way Tom was acting. I, I lo- but um, it's still exciting. Uh, I'm excited for the season, and not only are they starting the season with Kentucky, the number two team, but their odds are going to probably play uh, Kansas and Maui and Duke at home and all in the first month of the season. It's going to be pretty interesting to watch. That is one thing that's awesome about college basketball. Week or Night one, we got one versus two, three versus four. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome how they do that. I, but the thing that takes me off about the Josh Langford news is that it just happens to come right after they're, they're the number one team in the country, right after that, that announcement comes. And like you, it, it lowers the expectations. That bothers me. Because <laughs> what? Michigan State's going to lose to Kentucky, night one, and then it's going to be, oh, we don't have Langford. And that's going to be the story this whole first month when they're losing to Duke, losing to Kansas at Maui, and that's what Izzo does, and that just bothers me. Well, it bothered you because Langford got hurt, and that's the storyline? Do you think that they just realized now he's out for six weeks? Well, wait a minute. When? What is the story? I mean, when did he hurt himself? Last year? It, no, no. He came back that, around. He, he re-aggravated it, right? He came back and was was playing with the team, wasn't he? I mean, he didn't play against Gonzaga, I don't think, in that scrimmage. But wasn't he working out with the team? No? Joe? Uh, Joe? Know? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Throw no, that one to Joe. He didn't play against Gonzaga, but if Jared thinks that he's purposely sitting his players and faking no, injury or something no. to strike a narrative, that's like... No, no. He's not purposely... They've known this narrative for the last month, and they just decided to announce it. Uh, the last, within the past couple of days because of the number one ranking that came out. Just like you said, to lower expectations. It's nothing to do with that. <laughs> did, did it or did it not lower your expectations as soon as you heard it? <laughs> it does, but do you think Tom would just – he would just play him. It has nothing to do no, with No, no. He's hurt. He can't play. He decided to sit on that news until the right time to drop it to lower expectations is what it was. I love I love your takes, Jared. They're, uh, they're you don't think that there's – that. Would that make sense to not do what 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 he did? No, not way. what he maybe did. No, what you he think did he do. played? You think he played that game to make sure that he was ranked number one, and then made the announcement? Is that what you're saying? He knew they were going to be ranked number one. Right. He made that announcement so that there's not pressure on his team and on just the expectations that Langford's out. <laughs> Whereas if you heard Langford was out, and then you get the number one ranking, it doesn't matter. I'm with Joe on that one. That's that's a bit out there. <laughs> Anyway, well, it's still going to be a good season for the Spartans. We're, you know, I'm the voice of Michigan State here on this podcast, as you probably know, Joe. So it's good to get you checking in with us here during the football season, at least a few times, to to keep our Spartan fans that we do have out there. Yeah, absolutely. And the uh, um, I'm excited for basketball, and I, I wouldn't just throw them under the bus and just say that they're just going to get smacked by Kentucky with a bunch of freshmen just because Langford's not playing. They got. They got, they're a pretty deep team over there in East Lansing, Jared, and it'd be real unfortunate for you if they came out and still won that game even without their best score. Yeah, one last thing I wanted to ask you. So there's rumors swirling that, I don't know if you've heard this news, Flint Beecher recruit Jalen Terry, number four-star, decommitted Michigan. from Michigan State. Rumors are ha- swirling that it's because Jawan Howard came in, he got big eyes and said, I want to go to Michigan. I had heard that. I'd heard that. You've heard that as well. Oh, That's yeah. what the story is. Care to, care to comment on that? I mean, that might play into it, but the day before he transferred, Michigan State got a higher-rated recruit, a point guard from West Virginia, and then the next day he opened up his commitment. I think it has more to do with he got over-recruited because they signed the point guard from West Virginia. What do you? What do you? I think? like the other. I like my take better. I like that's how I spin things. What do you? What do you think, Joe? Do you think uh, Howard's going to get it done at Michigan? He's, he is doing a pretty good job getting the top recruits right now. Yeah, I think he's definitely, and that was the one downfall of Beeline, is he wasn't willing to travel or do what was necessary to get the more elite recruits. Um, but we'll see if he's going to be able to hold up to Beeline's standard of developing players as well, too. So 
there's two parts to it, but I think so far so good from a recruiting standpoint. Now let's see if he can, you know, because he really doesn't have that much head coaching experience. Let's see if he can develop these guys to end up becoming a leader, staying elite, um, and keeping Michigan right where they at for a basketball program. All right, Joe. Uh, Joe Janka, good stuff as always, talking Michigan State. You can follow Joe at Janka. Joe, uh, any final comments before we move on? Not uh, not at all, and, uh, you know, still go green, and ideally my Spartans can give Penn State uh, some type of game this weekend, and, you know, we'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to talking to Jared if they do yeah. come out and find a way to beat I'll them. be watching that one very closely. <laughs> all right, Joe. Hey, thanks for checking in with us, man. All right, thank you. Yeah, thank you. See ya. Well, for any industrial field service projects, contact the ProMec Engineering Professionals for any industrial field service project you might have. ProMec specializes in turnkey installation, startups, and specialty plastic fabrication. Get more details online at pro-mech.com. Also, Card Service Michiana offers the best credit card setup and equipment for both new and existing merchants. Guaranteed to save you money. No contract, no monthly minimums, or early termination fees. Contact us here at Three Point Pod for details. Well, guys, uh, you know we're a we're a Michigan-oriented podcast for sure, and we've talked Michigan, we've talked Michigan State, and now we'll we'll scratch our heads again with the Detroit Lions. You know, loss at home to Minnesota. You would think they would have showed up, but uh, they I thought they took a step backward. What what did you guys think? It, it was just, I mean. This team, the life was sucked out of them after that Packers game. They they fought as hard as they could. It was just the slowest death of all time on Sunday. It was one of those games where you just know they're not going to win, and you just keep watching, like watching, hoping maybe something will turn it around. But my biggest, what the heck happened to our defense? Yeah, I know. Kirk is Cousins this a bad looked, defense? Looked I guess is what I'm starting to re- all they've kind of bent and not broke all year. But this is the first time where I'm just watching Stephon Diggs catch for a zillion looking like Matt Burns in high school is what he was looking <laughs> he like did. and and it was almost like we had you out there covering you in high school <laughs> out in those days is what it looked like I don't I mean I don't know what happened to this this secondary Coleman and Darius Slay I, I, we were loving these guys a few weeks ago they were shutting down the Kansas City Chiefs passing game and now it's like the Kirk Cousins is just balling out well, there. I think it's I a little know. bit of an effect from the defensive line really has been playing up to speed and you know they've really helped the defensive backs by putting pressure on the quarterbacks when Kirk Cousins he, he was standing there you know untouched most of the time he'd roll out he'd had plenty of time to throw the ball I mean any pro quarterback can complete passes when they have time to throw but you're right I mean the defense let him down big time giving up 41 to Minnesota and what's the name of the running back for the Vikings that guy he's awful good yeah he's a damn good running back and he tore him up too yeah yeah Delvin Cook I mean he's a (laughs) he's a real deal he looks really good the defense I don't know I mean with Patricia coming in we always thought that the defense would shape up and it's crazy to see how good the Patriots' defense is this year and, and even last year. Uh, I mean, now with Bill Belichick both basically running mm-hmm. their defense. So maybe maybe it was more Belichick in New England uh, than Patricia, but, but who knows. Yeah, they're, they're last in sack production, and so there, there's no pressure. And even Kirk Cousins can sit back there and torch them. So injuries are piling up now too. So, yeah, and now they traded Quandre Diggs, so I don't know if they're waving the white flag or what. Yeah, is that is that that kind of is what it seems like to me, or maybe it's just is it just the fact that Quandre Diggs maybe is one of the big reasons why Kirk Cousins I think was did, doing so well. Didn't you post Lions a tweet, team? Matt, or that Diggs, uh, his, his uh, you know, his stats are not very good. Yeah, I mean, like statistically, he's having one of the worst seasons of his career, but I mean it. He's still the one of the better players on the defense, so it's still, still kind of like a head scratcher that they're trading him, unless they're planning to turn that the uh, draft pick that they got for him into another running back or something like that. Because Carryon Johnson got put on the IR, but yeah, I don't know. I think maybe is it so going into this week against the Giants, is it basically we go gung ho for this game, and if we win, then we can kind of keep the season alive, or are we just pretty much just punt at this point, just call it quits. I, I mean, I don't. I think you got to go for because, it because you got Oakland seen, coming up the next week. But it's what we've seen is just this team, they're just not good. Yeah. It's sad to say. And I feel like if, if, if the Packers game or the Chiefs games goes different, I feel like this team has a lot more confidence and a whole new swagger about them, but they just don't. It goes back to my question from last week. After that Packers lost, I mean, we were all just shaking our heads about the refs and about the Lions giving up some big plays. But at that point, the question on the table was, 
do the Lions, you know, do they put that behind them? Do they step up and can Patricia get it turned around or are they going to go in the toilet? And it looks, unfortunately, it looks like they're headed that way, you know. I, I think talent-wise, I mean, I, I think they do have some a decent team, and I th- I tweeted it too. It, it's just a shame to see this organization, the greatest greatest running back of all time, wasted him. Barry Sanders, they wasted him other than you know a lifetime of highlight reel stuff, and then now they've wasted one of the best quarterbacks, you know, in history-wise, statistically anyway, best quarterback Lions have ever had, and he's being wasted, you know. It's just sad to see, and you know, year in and year out. And I've been a Lion fan the longest out of the three of us. It's just it just gets so frustrating, you know. And we get to this point of the season, and if they let's say they lose to the Giants, you know, uh, and and then they go on the road to Oakland after losing to the Giants, that's not looking too good either. That tells me that I've got pretty much Sundays free in November to do stuff, you know, because I'll have lost interest at that point. They got to stay at least competitive to keep me with them. And I'm, and I, like I said, I'm a diehard Lion fan, but I can't, I can't continue to watch the losing. You know, you gotta, you gotta put the effort out there, and they still can turn it around. But you got to do it, boys. Yeah, the offense has shown a little promise, but I, I don't know. Like, yeah, the refs kind of let us down on that Monday night game, but it was kind of bugging me a little bit. Like everyone was laughing about like the booing of the refs and. Uh, like the first time they called a penalty, they, the crowd is like sarcastically cheering and stuff. And but there's a side to me that's like it's like setting up this like like people always say a loser mentality that lions yeah. that the lions have pity party. Once, yeah, like once one thing starts going bad, it's like oh here we go again. It's the lions, and you know at some point you got to get over yourselves and just like go out there and play. Yeah, I will say I did appreciate. I loved looking at the Lions crowd on Sunday. You got guys wearing ref uniforms with clown masks. <laughs> clown masks. <laughs> I, I, I kind of do it. That's, that's the thing that make me say I, I'm glad I'm a Lions fan because you only get that in a few, the Brown, like the Browns. and I mean, the NFL has some good fan bases. I, I would love to just interview one of those people who get dressed up every, every week for an NFL game. I just – I love it. I don't know, but I guess I don't know what brings you to do that. Hey, do it for the pod, you know. <laughs> yeah. Go see a Lions game. Take a recorder with you or your phone. You can record it. Uh, I think Jack Strap did that a while back. <laughs> Wouldn't that be kind of cool to do? It would. Get the fans' I, just, perspective. Uh, but it is just one of those, you know, there's the people that every week they get they put on the face paint, oh, yeah. they put on the, the Raiders, the Chucky mask, the they Raiders. They got the hard hat. You know, I just wonder what, why. I mean, that can't be comfortable, <laughs> I guess, to get on TV for – for two seconds, I guess is is probably why they do it. I guess I don't know why else you. Would. When's the last time you've been to a Lions game? With your were you a little kid? I've been to one Lions game. Michael Vick, uh, it's like 2006 against the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. John Kitten, the quarterback. Uh, Roy Williams is. So you saw some of those fans, but it probably didn't digest that well. But if you went nowadays, I mean, and it's this way in every NFL city. I mean, you got these crazy diehards. They 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 buy their. Uh, eight regular season games in the preseason mm-hmm. they buy their season tickets and that's that's their entertainment you know it's really not a bad way to go but fan stands for fanatic right yeah <laughs> and you get the fanatics and, and lions are as good of fans as any out there but like matt said i mean it's it's about time that the mentality they have to turn it around they, ha- they have to but do this it is the mentality you have you have bestowed upon this team your whole life i agree with well and with what reason i mean it's good reason right what am I supposed to do? You tell me. I mean, the, the, I shouldn't. There shouldn't be a thing as the never Billy, Billy Goat curse. Remember when that was a thing that your generation kind of made, made real? Chicago Cubs. That was the Chicago Cubs. Or what I was get the it. what was the curse for the Lions? It's the Bobby Lane curse. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Same thing. You guys made that a thing where it almost became. It pretty much you spoke it into existence. Some stupid curse. That so made. so you're blaming the fans for the Lions' ineptitude, huh? They have won, the last time they won a world championship. It goes on and on. 1957, I was one year old. I'm now 63. One championship since that time, one playoff win. Now, what's a fan supposed to do? You're supposed to be positive? We start positive every year before the first game. This is going to be the year. Yeah. And then here we are sitting where we're at today. I mean, I really don't. I don't know. I I guess Matt Matt's kind of like in the middle ground. I'm I've been a little bit younger. Yeah. I I don't know. Do we? There's no way that you can't just like manufacture happiness. I guess it's just kind of you can't. Right? You it, can be. I'm know. still a fan though. Like I watch them. 
I root for them. Well, you just said that when they're not they're not good, you're not going to watch. Well, well, what's the point? It's the same thing with the Tigers. When they had absolutely no chance to win games this summer, was I going to – I mean, as much as I love the Tigers, why watch them if they're not going to at least maybe win, right? I mean, if the Lions have no chance for the playoffs, am I going to dedicate, you know, three and a half hours of my time to watch them? I probably will have it on, but I'm, it's not going to be appointment TV where it is – Leading up to this point, I have to be home Sundays now to watch it. Now what I'll do, I'll probably DVR it if they get to that point. Fast forward, you know, we'll see. And the thing, that you did mention the DVR. I tell you what, my favorite thing to do, like with the Michigan-Penn State game, you just get on YouTube, you know, a little bit hungover on Sunday. You press the, not the DVR, but go to YouTube, and you can just watch every single big play that's over like five yards in about mm-hmm. 20 minutes. That's almost the way to do it. You know, I was going to bring that up to you guys. It is more of a generational thing with the DVR and me, right? And people my age. I mean, you guys just go online, YouTube it. Yeah, you don't. I mean, that's it's kind the of same thing. You don't need to DVR right? it anymore. DVR. It's pretty much just everyone. Someone DVRs it for you, on and YouTube. it's all on YouTube. Yeah, is that free YouTube or <laughs> subscription YouTube? It's free. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's free. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's usually what I'll do. Just you know, if I miss a big game or if I have to work or whatever, I'll just yeah, I'll watch. Plays. I'll Right. Streamline it right there, YouTube. Twenty minutes. That's Matt's That's business. The way to do it, yeah. Video, I love it. Hey, I was going to ask you one question about Harbaugh, Matt. Since going back to that for one second, you work for the Fine Bomb Show, right? Would would you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Would you Would you say he's like the biggest national critic of Harbaugh? I mean, he definitely seems like it. I don't know. I th- I think he's he's definitely playing to the crowd a little bit because he's also in meetings like production meetings off air, you know, just in the office or on other shows. He mm-hmm. has complimented Harbaugh and said that he's actually like a really good coach and stuff like that. So, I mean, he knows what what gets people fired up. He says stuff and the next thing you know, it's all over Twitter. So, ah, does it kind of does it kind of get you stewing a little bit in the back room, you know, just when he's just going off on Michigan or Harbaugh or whoever and you just kind of got to listen to it. Maybe throw up some graphics about Michigan making some mistakes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like it yeah, sometimes it bugs me, but uh I don't know, it goes in one ear out the other. I, yeah. I kind of laugh mostly just because, like, when people say how Harbaugh's so overrated, Michigan's so irrelevant and stuff like that, but they just can't stop talking about him. So I just yeah. think that's funny. But, I mean, he, you know, Feinbaum is an SEC guy, and he knows what gets his fans fired up. All right. Well, I think enough on the Lions. Um, you know what? We're recording here Tuesday night. It's the start of the World Series. We talked a little bit about that, but it's also start of the NBA season. And mm-hmm. uh, you got the Clippers and the Lakers tonight, the late game. And I think the first game is, what, the Pelicans and the Raptors. And the big news yeah. this week was Zion out now six to eight weeks, which, boy, that puts a, a damper on that it first does. game. It, yeah, it? it does for sure. But I will say this, and, and it, let me know if this is not – Kind of everyone agrees with this, but this is the most excited I've been for an NBA season in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Probably in the history of the NBA. Just you don't have no idea who's. I you could pick ten teams that could win the NBA championship, and I wouldn't be totally surprised. It's just it's never been this wide open, and there's just I don't feel like there's ever been this much star power in the league at one time. Yeah, you got some dynamic duos. That's mm-hmm. the thing that I've noticed, you know, and and the, the guys teaming up together. I mean, they got the Lakers and LeBron and AD. You got the Clippers. I mean, it's it it should be a fun NBA season. Now, you're excited for it. Do you get excited right out of the gate, and you're going to be excited all season long, or when do you really get into it? Like, is it Christmas? Is it the playoffs? I. And I actually saw this day. I like to follow the like LeBron schedule. So like tonight, he's going to play, be playing his balls off. Yes. And then on Christmas Day, he's going to be playing his balls off. I'll be watching again. And then come the playoffs, he'll be playing his balls off. That's when I watch. It's pretty much those three. I'll watch every single playoff game. I'll watch Christmas Day if there's a big time. You know, Saturday night prime time. I'll watch that as well. But I, I don't want. I don't t- keep up with the typical like day to day, especially when you hear the news. I mean, we just found out today, Blake Griffin. He could be out it's pretty much the same timetable as Zion, or at least what do you do? Four, four to five weeks. Is he really? What did he, did he hurt his ankle or something? I missed that story. I believe, it, I think it's his knee. I, from really? what, I've, what I've read, I'm not. Oh, that's a killer for the Pistons for sure. And I was kind of a little excited for him. I thought they might do pretty decent this year. If he's out for that long, that's going to put yeah, a hamstring, hamstring and knee injuries. He could be out. 
see, like, I guess it's maybe not that long. This is how they word it out until or out through the first week of November. So first few weeks of the season. I mean, and I feel like that's kind of important to couple weeks, okay. kind of setting the tone for an NBA team. I don't know. He just always hurt. This is kind of what we sounded signed up for. So I don't right. know why we're really complaining. Yeah. Well, that should be a good season. And I know uh, ESPN, they're about ready to make big news with uh, Stephen A. Smith, right? Signing a big I contract, heard. I think. Oh, I, I he heard. heard. Did he sign it? I don't know. I thought he did. Well, I know that. that is, I think they're extending him. Oh, are yeah. they? I, I want. I must. I'm super surprised you haven't brought this up yet. And I and the China, the NBA, China, LeBron, Daryl Morey. Yeah, seems like it's your perfect world. You know, you got politics, you right. got NBA. They mesh into one. And I'm surprised you have you've no take on it. No, I got a take on it, but I just haven't really publicly come out. I mean, I think the thing that the thing that I am so against is greed, and I think it's greed in the NBA and China because there's so much money to be made there. But then you look at the atrocities, you know, what they're doing in Taiwan. Taiwan just wants to be free, right? And yeah. and China wants to shove their communist stuff down their throats. And, you know, I don't know enough about the whole scenario to really comment that intelligently. But all I do know is, you know, I think the owner of the Houston team should yeah, have had, should, he should have had his right to say whatever he wanted. And I think shame on the NBA for, you know, backing down i mean they should have just stood by him you know but it's all about the money greed is good right isn't that what gordon gecko said and and in wall street i mean isn't it greed isn't that where it's is all like about a movie quote or something it is yes it is <laughs> oh man no i don't it is it, but the thing everyone's coming at lebron for what he said which i guess is fair because it's i mean he's always been kind of this activist about right everything but then but then again i guess like what do you want him to say i mean when china's such a big platform for a shoe and for everything it's pretty tough to, to just pretty much alienate them well that's which the is thing. what one one comment would do i would say i would say if i'm in lebron's shoes in quotes if i'm in his shoes in that situation i'm not gonna comment you know what i mean i yeah. mean you're better off not saying anything especially if you really don't know the situation and you know he's going to survive it. It'll be fine. Everything's going to work out okay with LeBron and the NBA. But the whole China situation there in Taiwan—that's that's a that's a mess. You know, I'm upset about that, but not as upset as I am about the whole you know Syria and Turkey situation. That's a whole nother topic. Not going to get into it. But that that upsets jar me. Jar worms got open with yeah. The, that's uh, a jar of worms stuff. that that hits home to maybe some of my ancestors. So we'll just leave that's where it's at. Matt, any take at all on the China NBA situation? I mean, yeah, but the funniest thing to me, it's not really funny, but I guess when you hear people saying, you know, whenever some of these NBA players, especially the NBA, I think people just have a deeper problem with NBA players. I don't, you know, I don't know what it is, but, you know, they when they do, like you said about LeBron getting, voicing his opinion about certain topics or whatever, you hear people say, like, they need to shut up at dribble or mm, yeah. athletes need to stay out of politics, just stick to sports or whatever they say. But then when it comes to, like, this China thing and a lot of the players at first were saying they're not going to say anything, they're not going to comment or whatever, then people start saying, how do you not have any comment about this China thing? Basically, like, just they can never do anything right in yeah. some people's eyes is what it comes down to. It is kind of funny how they do that where they – you hit it. That is a I, that is it's right on the nail. Where they don't want it when it's something like a, a easy like you know head out of the park like media political something around here. You know whether it's about Trump or whatever, they don't want their comments on it. And then when it's something that they know, you really when it's the NBA in China, then everyone's asking LeBron. You know what do you got to say about? Yeah, that? The, but the thing is, they have to stick to their story. If he if he makes a comment like he made. Don't backtrack on it or don't don't succumb to any pressure. Stick with your guns. Or if you know comment, stick to that. No comment. You know, that's the thing. But I guess when you backtrack on something. Okay, that's so the what tough if part. what if this okay, what if the the you know, the podcast, Apple Podcast, the platform yeah. said you can't speak out against I don't know, something that's bothering you. So China, I guess. Okay. Would you say, Oh, like I'm not gonna say anything about it? Because that's because it's No, I, w- I would probably quit. I would say, okay. You'd hang it up? I'd pack it up. If I couldn't say what I want to say, I'd pack it up. How about that? But I'm at that stage where I can do it, too. You're uh, at the beginning of your career. What would you do? I I mean, for something like, I guess it's it's different when LeBron says something because he's such a big figure where it actually might make a difference. Whereas I say something, you know, with 200 followers or whatever, <laughs> it's, what am I going to do? Yeah. What's the change I'm really doing there? But right. I don't know. But shouldn't you stand up for what you believe? 
no matter what, if you have 200 followers or 200,000 followers, so what? If you believe it's a in tough, something. I don't know. It's it's a tough way to because you should. Yeah. I agree with that. Okay. But I, it's just I don't you gotta you gotta pick your battles. I would say you definitely have to do that too. I mean, Matt can't, he, and, and we're all in the same boat. I mean, you know, we have bosses we work for. We have certain guidelines we have to go go along with. Mm-hmm. If, if if they're not fair, you have your chance to voice your opinion or talk about it. But if it's completely unfair, you have the opportunity to say, you know what, f you, I'm taking a hike. I'm going somewhere else. I don't believe in that. And that's 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 America. That's the, that's what we have the right to do here. So, wow, that got a little deeper than I thought we were going to get into tonight, but good stuff. Well, next up, let's see what's going on with our pod's oldest athletic supporter, Jack Strap. I believe he's prepared a special Michigan at Penn State karaoke. Matt, Fred, Jerry, you know when I'm really upset, my artistic expression cannot be suppressed. So, without further ado, I'm dedicating this song to you guys and our University of Michigan Wolverines. It's all you fans out there hurting like me. Little hell's bells for you. The Nittany Lions, the whiteout game. They came out just like a hurricane. We look scared. I don't know why. Coach Harbaugh's face was about to cry. Oh, scored 21 in the blink of an eye. Nobody putting up a fight. Oh, at the opening bell, our game went to hell. Bend over, Rover. Our season's over. Hair's bears. Ringing Ronnie Bell. Hair's bears. Meet Punter Blake O'Neill. Hair's bears. This game was so surreal. Hair's bears. The second half showed we had a spine. I felt momentum shifting on a dime. White noise was silent in the third. Then KJ Hamler gave us all the bird. We had the ball with a great chance to tie. Bell dropped the passes, I began to cry. Oh, my Michigan beer buzz went straight down to hell. Bend over, friends. Our season's over. Hair's bears. Yes, I'm talking to you. Can we beat OSU? We missed our five-year goal. In December, we'll be in the toilet bowl. I'm telling you guys, Jackie went out of her way and made her famous appetizer, Wolverine Wieners, and her beaver cheesecake. It's the best. But after that started the game, I I got sick. Sick to my stomach, and I sat my lazy boy all weekend until I penned out this song, and it was really therapeutic for me, so I really appreciate it. I can't take another defeat. My son Jake urinated all over my toilet seat. My blood pressure is sky high. And we're all eating humble pie. The Irish will be in town. Oh no, not with Patterson another third down. I'm feeling quite low. Oh, bring back Bo. Alright guys, that's all I have to say for today. I gotta go eat some fever cheesecake. 
Well, that'll do it for now. Subscribe, rate us on all the big podcasting sites, including Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all the others. Follow, send us your comments to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at 3PointPod. And also support our 3Point Podcast partners, Main Street Pizza, Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, Card Service Michiana, and Promec Engineering. Also, be sure to check out our network friends, Z92.5 The Castle and Sports Radio Detroit. This has been a Sportsnet Michigan Radio Network production recorded at the WJSZ Studios. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Three Point Podcast. It's a good morning.